Welcome to the Journey Church Podcast. It's our hope that the next few moments lead you closer to Jesus, encourage you to grow, and equip you to exist for those not yet here. If you enjoyed today's message, we'd love for you to subscribe to our podcast so that we can bring you fresh content every week as you continue in your walk with Christ. As you're being seated, I just want to take time to welcome you. If you're a guest here today, I hope that you felt in, uh, came here feeling like a, like a, like a part of this, this place. Like this feels like home to you from the moment that you got here. I only have 20 minutes, and so if uh, you know me, I don't even open up, my opening story is usually 37 minutes, and so, so we got to go today, and so we got a lot, of, a lot of fun stuff and exciting stuff planned at the end, candlelight and some more worship, and uh, so I have 20 minutes. Here's how, here was my thought. How many of you believe you can hear something in the span of 20 minutes that can absolutely change your life? Okay, some of you don't, so I'm going to give you a negative example of it, okay? Negative example. So you have heard things in your life that were spoken over you in a conversation or maybe in anger that have literally changed the course of direction in in your life. Like uh, I read an article by a girl and she uh, was blogging about this concept, talking about words. They have the power of life and death. They're like a sword. You're going to hear all sorts of words in your life, positive, negative, affirming, putting you down. And she said, just so you understand how impactful this is, here's three statements I heard in my life at three separate times that were spoken to me that have literally changed the course of direction in my life and I've never forgotten. She said, when I was a young girl and I was, uh, my dad, in a conversation with my dad one time and just, just, he just said it, he wasn't trying to hurt me or, you know, change the trajectory of my life, but he said at one point, he said, I wish you would have been a boy. She said, it stuck with me forever. A few years later, I was in school and I was being taught by a teacher. I don't know if she meant to hurt me, um, but I think it was like one of those compliment things. You know what I'm talking about? And so um, where it was tr- attempted to be a compliment, but it was actually hurtful. And she said, you're not that smart, but you're extremely hardworking. Right? That's like saying, I'm not physically attracted to you, but you have a great smile. Right? <laughs> it's not a good compliment. You're like, that doesn't, you know, that hurts me. Right? And so you're, you're, you're not smart, but you're hardworking. And then a few years after that, As I was getting prepared to leave the house and try to make it on my own, my mom said to me, you're never going to make it on your own. All three of these statements have stuck with me and impacted my life. I think you can hear something that dramatically changes the direction of your life. So my hope is over the next 20 minutes, you would maybe rehear or hear something about God that maybe you've never heard before. Because I think what you hear about God, when you think about what you think, when, when you think in your head, when you hear the word God, what you have heard in your life, it can literally change the course of, of, of direction in, in your life as a person. And so I want you to rehear maybe what you've heard in, in, in the past. And I want to take you to a story in, in, in scripture uh, where we establish the significance of, of this truth. The Bible says in Romans, faith comes from hearing. 
and hearing through the, through the word of Christ, right? And so faith, that's what I have. I have faith. I'm not a good person. Uh, I'm not an accomplished person. I'm not an educated. I'm barely educated. And so I am a, I'm a person with faith. I know that I need a relationship with Jesus. I believe he saved me. He's changing me. He's healing me. He gives me the grace that I absolutely need every day. And I think that same relationship is available to every person in this room right now. Do you agree with me? Okay, and so, but faith comes by hearing. The problem is many of you have heard about God from the wrong source. Maybe it's been a hypocritical relative. Maybe you went to Christian school when you were a kid, or so you've heard it from a religious institution. Maybe you've got your concept of God from the news, right? The right wing, the left wing. We don't know what side he's on. And so um, maybe, maybe it's through an interaction with a neighbor that stopped at your house. But if you're honest, it kind of freaked you out. And so uh, maybe it's a personal thing you've heard through a failure, through shame, through your inability to follow the quote-unquote rules of religion. But real faith comes from hearing, and hearing comes through the word of Christ, through the word of God. And so what I want to do is I just want to give you some, some words from the Bible, the word of God. Can I do that? Uh, Luke chapter 2 is the Christmas story. Let's jump in there. We're going to pick it up in verse number 4. The Bible says, So Joseph also went up from the town of Nazareth in Galilee to Judea to Bethlehem, the town of David, because he had belonged to the house in the line of David. He went there with his wife Mary to register, who was pledged to be married to him. So he was getting married, sorry, to be married to him. It was expecting... A child, right? And so let me just establish, some of you never heard the Christmas story. Um, Mary and Joseph are the main characters in the Christmas story, outside of Jesus, obviously. And so um, Jesus is, is going to be born by Mary. Mary is a young girl that's engaged to be married to her future husband, Joseph. As she's getting prepared for her wedding, an angel shows up and says, hey, God has chosen you um, to have his son, God's son, Jesus. You're going to name him Jesus. He's going to be Emmanuel, God with us. So she gets pregnant, and then she has to go have the awkward conversation with her future husband. I'm pregnant, but don't worry, it's God's. I want you to think about that. If you're dating somebody, and they come to you and say, you know, I accidentally got pregnant, but it's, not, it's nobody else's. You know, I mean, in the greatest act of faith the world has ever seen, Joseph believes her. They somehow stay together. Now it's time to have a baby. And uh, they have to travel 80 miles from their hometown, about a week's journey. Uh, he, maybe on horse or donkey, traveled to Bethlehem, where they have to give an account of themselves. This is where I'm from, this census that's going on. And it's there that Mary goes into labor and has Jesus. The Bible says, while they were there, the time came for the baby to be born. And she gave birth to her firstborn, a son. She wrapped them in cloths and placed them in a manger because there was no guest room available to them. They have a baby. They can't find anywhere to have it, so they go into a barn. After they have Jesus, they can't find anywhere cleaner to put him. Her arms hurt, I guess. And so she places him in a manger, which is the trough from which the animals ate. I want you to think about this whole thing. There is, there is, there is sermon after sermon after, after sermon, right? But the next part of the story is the part I want to focus on. The Bible says in the very next verse, verse number eight, no time in between, no party thrown, no update on social media, no kings showed up, nothing, no, 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 news, no, no, no news has covered it, nothing, is, nothing has happened. The Bible says in verse number eight, and then there were shepherds living out in a field nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. An angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord showed around them, and they were terrified. Now, how many of you remember having a baby? Anybody remember having a baby? Okay. When you had a baby, who were the first people that you announced you had a baby to? 
How many? Come on. It, social media, then parents, right? Social media, <laughs> you announce it, you make sure people, you go back, you see how many likes you get, then you invite your parents into the situation, right? So you, I'm playing, right? Kind of. And so first people you tell, your parents, right? Right? That's, you tell the important people in your life, right? I remember my first child, um, we had told my parents and my in-laws, and then we went to the next, you know, important people in our life, but they weren't the first important people. So I went to my brother and her sister. We told my brother, to which I still remember it. It was 16 years ago, almost 17 years ago at this point. She was pregnant. She was expecting. We tell my brother. He asked us. He is dead serious. Am I the first person to know? <laughs> I don't like you that much, man, right? I tell you, and I want everybody else to know, right? And so, and, and, and so you tell the important people. So who are the first people that find out Jesus is born? Come on, tell me what, what it is. Okay, this is important. Because the shepherds would have heard a lot of things about God. So when it says they were terrified, this is not because the angels are scary. They show up, they're scary, right? And they're terrified. They're startled, right? I actually think they're terrified because of what they had heard about God. They had already made assumptions about God. Some of you can relate. Like you are, you're here because somebody's singing in the choir today. Maybe a loved one, maybe a, a kid that you know. Maybe it's your grand, grandkid or, or something like that, and you're here. But you're honestly, if you're, if you're honest with yourself, and I hope this is an honest place, you're a little bit tight in the backside right now. Let's just be honest. You're a little uneasy. Your palms are a little sweaty. Um, you don't know what to expect next. You, the, the service started out with a bunch of kids in white sweatsuits. You're like, I knew this was a cult. I shouldn't have came here. <laughs> a few minutes later, this dark video started playing. Last night when the video started playing for the very first time, me and my wife were in the back and we heard this voice of a little girl. She said, get me out of here. <laughs> and that's all you're thinking. Just get how much longer is this thing going to go? And the shepherds would have been there with you. God shows up. Right? A lot's about to change in their life in just a short time. But they had all these assumptions. First assumption, first thing they would have heard is you are extremely unworthy. See, in that culture, religion was important. Your ability to practice religion was significant. Wherever you lived, you would have a temple that you were a member of. You need to get to that temple to make sacrifices. You needed to make time to worship God. You needed to have time for the Sabbath. Every seven days, you spent a day off. But shepherds, their job was 24-7. They were constantly finding still waters, constantly finding green pastures. They were protecting. They were on 24-7. They were always on the move. They were never maybe stationed in one town. They would consistently move. It was a very isolating life. Because of that, they couldn't practice religion the way everybody else practiced religion. And they would have heard, if you can't practice the right things, you can't be close to the right God. They would have felt extremely unworthy. They would have also heard that you are unfit. You are people that don't fit in. You ever been somewhere where you just didn't fit in? Years ago, I got invited to go to an Oklahoma State University basketball game. I did not fit in in Oklahoma. I didn't know anything about the Cowboys. Anybody know about the Cowboys, Oklahoma State University, know their colors, basketball fans, football fans? They are orange and black. I didn't know that. This was before you were in the internet all the time. MySpace was not even a thing yet. <laughs> so I went to this little thrift store and I picked up this turquoise pearl snap shirt. If you don't know what a pearl snap shirt is, it's because you also don't fit in in Oklahoma. <laughs> I got this pearl snap shirt. I remember this guy picked pick me up. He was a lawyer in our church. He picked me up. He didn't say a word to me. I'm sure he was like, what are you wearing? Went to this game with 11, 12, 13,000 people. And in the arena, there's one person 
with turquoise on. Now, I never got invited back to a game, so I don't know that. I think he was graceful, but he was done with me, right? And so, but I just didn't fit in. And I think, listen, listen, some of you may hear, you're like, I don't fit in this place. I mean, just look around, right? And everybody look to your right. Look to your right. Your other right. Some of you are other right. Like, you just right. Look to your right. See that person to your right? Aren't they perfect? Now, go left. Perfect, right? Like, they didn't try to kill their kids five times yesterday. They didn't threaten to throw away the presents once this week. Every parent I've talked to, they're like, we're going to do it. We're going to do it, right? And you're convinced, just like the shepherds, I don't fit in with normal people. I don't, I don't meet the quota. They would have heard you're unfit. They also would have heard um, you're unlovable. They were um, considered thieves by association. If you were a shepherd, you were a thief. You would have never been trusted in the court of law. And here's the worst part about being a shepherd. No dad ever wanted their daughter to marry a shepherd. They would have heard, you're unlo- their best friends all would have been other shepherds. They would have lived an isolated, lonely, unfit, unworthy, unlovable life. Which is why when the angel shows up, did, did you notice what he says? The Bible says they were terrified, but the angel said to them, do not be afraid. I know what you've heard about God. I know what you think when God shows up. I know instantly you're going to be afraid because of all you've heard. And so I just want you to hear from the source. Don't be afraid. Maybe, maybe for you, it's not fear. Maybe you're not afraid of God. Maybe for you, it's do not be discouraged today. Maybe for you, it's do not feel judged or you don't have to worry or don't be anxious or don't keep going like this. I want you to hear something different. And I love what he says next in the Bible. It says, uh, I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all the people. Today, in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He's the Messiah, the Lord. This will be a sign to you. You'll find a baby wrapped in cloth and lying in a manger. I love this part. Suddenly, a great company of the heavenly host appeared with an angel praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest heaven and on earth peace to those on whom favor his favor rests. That's really important because they would have assumed forever that God's favor didn't rest on them. And so the, the, the angels established, hey, God's peace, it starts, it starts here. It's for you. I always, when I'm, when I'm uh, getting ready to preach Christmas, I'm always like, I, I want, give, me, give me something, God, to clearly explain why you did it like this. So God came to earth as a baby. Um, why, why did he take that measure? What, what, was, what was going on there? And so I was listening to a Christian radio station this week, and every once in a while there's something good on there. I'm going to be honest. And so sometimes it's too, you're like, this is, this, is, this is not it. And so... And uh, so I was picking Lincoln up. He's 14. He had basketball practice. His practice was over at 6, I think. And so I was picking him up. And you know how it is trying to have a conversation with a teenager, right? And so I'm like, how's practice? And it's like, he's like, good. And then it's like, you know, stop asking me so many questions. And so, so I just turned, I turned the music up. And uh, I thought I was going to hear Christmas carols. And instead, I heard the voice of the, the radio DJ sharing this story about Christmas. And it was, I was like, this is so good. So I listened the whole way home. All the way to my, uh, to my garage, I, we got there, and I just kept listening. I didn't even get out of my car. I just kept listening. And uh, it, just, it just, it was like, oh, that's, that's, that's so, makes sense. Why did God come like that? And uh, it was a story about a man and a wife, 
And uh, the man was the type of church person that only went to church with his wife to keep her happy. You know what I'm talking about? Like some of, that's some of you today. You're like, I'm here. I'm not happy about it, but this is going to make my wife happy. So happy wife, happy what? And so I'm here. I don't want to be here, but I'm here. Okay. So he's, uh, he, 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 he goes every year. But this year he was like, I'm, I don't want to go. I feel like a hypocrite. I don't believe. I don't understand the Christmas or I don't know what we're doing. I don't want to go. I'm not going. I'm putting my feet down. I'm being the man of the house. I'm making a stance, right? And so after a lot of arguing, the wife finally is, is convinced she can't talk him out of it. And so she gets her, her son and they head to midnight mass. Now he promises them, I'll be up when you get, when you get home. I'll stay up. So they leave. And you can just see the joy on his life. I got out of church. You know what I'm talking about? He goes to his pantry, gets out a bag of, of Lay's chips. His wife won't let him eat, right? Dumps him into a big bowl, you know, the hydrogenated oil chips. You know what I'm talking about? Puts him in a big bowl, gets on his comfy clothes, goes out to his family room, turns on ESPN, puts on the fireplace, and gets in his lazy boy. He is in heaven. Tis the season, right? And uh, as he's sitting there, it begins to snow. All of a sudden, big snowstorm. He actually initially is worried. Like he's, he's kind of thinking about his wife. He's like, man, this is bad, man. It's snowing. And uh, I hope they're okay. I hope they don't get trapped in this. And uh, he's worried, but he's not that worried. You know what I'm talking about? And as he's sitting there and it's snowing, all of a sudden, off the front of his window, he's sitting in the fam front family room, he hears, he hears it again. Oh, shoot. He hears it again. It's not broke. Don't worry. This is what it does every service. He hears it again, right? And he keeps hearing this, this banging on the front of this window. And so uh, he doesn't know what it is. He's startled. He goes out to the front of the window, and he opens the front door. He looks at it. It's a, it's a flock of birds, and they've been caught in this storm, and they're trying to repeatedly fly into the window because they think it's safe in there. So his heart breaks for these birds, right? He's trying to relax, but his heart breaks for these birds. And he has an idea. I have a barn. I'll open up the barn, I'll turn on the light, I'll put on the, the, the heater, the, the, the coal in the barn, and I'll give these birds a spot to be safe from the storm so they don't die. So he goes out to his barns, he slides open the doors, he turns on the stove, puts on the light, and he stands at the entryway, and he tries to bring the birds in. Come on, birds! Come on, birds! Come on, birds! The problem is, the birds look at it, they see it, it's, it's there, it's safe, but standing in the way is a human, and they had heard from their parents... That humans are dangerous. So they refuse to fly into the barn. His heart broke because he sees these birds are fluttering in the, in, the, in the snow. It's snowing harder. They're probably going to die. And it hit him. If only I would become a bird, then these little birds would trust me and they would come into safety. And that's kind of not going to happen. He realized that. But as he sat there dejected from his failure, it hit him for the very first time. That is the Christmas story. Not that God is far from us, but that God would take on the form of a human and come to us. Every religion in the world says God is here. You do the right things, and then maybe God will take you back. God said, you've done everything wrong, but I'm going to send you my best gift, my one and only son. That whosoever believes in him shall not perish, but have everlasting life. For Jesus did not come to the world to condemn it, but to set it free. And I think when you hear that message, and you step into that faith, that 20 minutes can absolutely change the rest of your life. Would you stand to your feet all over this place?
And would you bow your heads and would you close your eyes for me? No, no, no tricks here today. I, I just want you to have a moment. I ask the Spirit to create an atmosphere of honesty in this place for both the old and the young. Specifically today, for the grandparent here. The one that's old, the one that's experienced the ups and downs of life, the one that's heard it all before. That the Spirit would maybe give you real, deep, spiritual ears to actually hear the message today. And then, God, I pray for the, the one that hasn't been to church for years, that has walked away and is now convinced that uh, they've done too much and they're too far. We'll never measure up. God, would you do a work? I've heard the message. God, I'm ready to respond in faith to you. Here's the whole gospel as your eyes are closed, your heads are bowed. That, that the Bible says, here's the gospel. Everyone sins and falls short of the glory of God. That's everyone. The Bible says the wages of our sin is death and hell. For most of us, that's not even hard to, to grasp because the truth is, outside of God, it's just hell. It's loss, it's hurt, it's pain, it's death, it's suffering, it's running and never finding. It's seeking accomplishments and never being fulfilled. I need a relationship that'll complete me and it never works. The Bible says the wages of our sin is death and hell, but the gift of God is eternal life through Christ Jesus our Lord. For anyone who calls on the name of the Lord, I hear the message, and I'm going to call on the name of the Lord shall be saved. For what do you do? You confess with your mouth, spoken word, and you believe in your heart that Jesus is Lord. And the Bible says in that moment, everything changes. It's a gift. God has done his part. Everything he could possibly do. He was born in this broken world. When he was 33, he allowed himself to be put on trial. And he gave up his body on a cross for you. He laid down his life for you. He shed his blood. He paid the price of your sin in full. They placed him in a tomb. They tried to end the story. And the Bible says on the third day he rose in power. And here's what that tells me. If your heart is still beating, there's still time for you. You are one yes away from everything being different about your life. And here's the thing. God has done everything in his power. There is no other agenda here today. We're not trying to impress you. We're not trying to fill seats. We don't care if you ever come back. I want this one opportunity, this one chance that you're in this room, I want you to know about the goodness and the grace of a God that loves you and wants a relationship with you. No matter how far you've run, he's run farther, he's run faster, he loves more, he never leaves, he never forsakes, and he's here right now and he's calling to you. He's knocking at the door of your heart. Just say yes. All over this place, I don't know Christ, but I want to. We're going to pray together. 
Nobody's looking around. Everybody's head is bowed. Everybody's eyes are closed. This is my moment, though. I don't know Christ, but I want to. I want a relationship with God. I want to leave this place free. I want to have hope. I want to have peace. I need it. I know, I know that's why I was here today. If that's you, front to back, side to side, and you would say, that's me, Pastor. Come on, all over this place. Would you just shoot your hand straight towards heaven and say, hey, Pastor, I want a relationship with Jesus Christ. I want him to heal me. I want him to forgive me, and I want him to make me whole. I see a hand over here. Is there anybody else? Another hand right here. All over this place, would you pray with me? Would you repeat after me? Say, Jesus Christ, today I give you my life. From this day forward, I'm going to follow you, and I'm never turning back. Thank you, Jesus, for changing me right now. In your name we pray. Everybody shout amen with me. Let's clap together one more time. Thank you for taking a few minutes out of your day to listen to our podcast. If you decided to give your life to Jesus after hearing this message or want to learn more about how you can join us in person, visit jrny.church for more resources or to find a location near you. Have a great rest of your day. Thank you.